This episode picks up right where last episode left off. So it's a two-parter. Yeah. In the last episode, we uploaded our videos, our YouTube videos to our separate channels. And it was this, this, it was kind of a big deal. I mean, it doesn't really seem like a big deal to anybody else. And technically it was not a big deal at all, but you uploaded a video to your YouTube channel for the first time in years. And I uploaded a, a YouTube video for this first time pretty much ever. Um, yeah. So it was kind of a big deal for both of us. And at the end of the last episode, we click upload and then we go away. And so this episode is sort of everything that's happened since then. So I guess we'll start with Mike, what your, what were your exact like initial thoughts right after hitting upload? Were you just kind of, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I'm going to bed now. Or, or did any emotional things happen? Well, I feel like, uh, this is a, a, a big marker of growth for me in that I hit upload and then I walked away from my phone, from the computer for a good 20 minutes or so. That was it. Then I came right back and start reading all the comments and looking at the numbers, but I was able to step away and go, all right, let's just let it be out there. Uh, there's, I think always going to be a bit of an emotional roller coaster when you put yourself out there and you you know that there's a response coming people are gonna say things about you about what you did uh, and that was still there very much um you know there's kind of that emotional high of oh man people are leaving comments and saying stuff and it was it was a bit of an arc for me um <laughs> i realized a couple things one there are some people who just they just know me from it's been over five, well, about five years since the last theory video. So they still know me from then. There was people saying stories like I started watching your stuff in high school when I was trying to learn music theory. Now I'm a band director and oh man, I remember you from back when I was just learning and now I'm this and that. Like, oh, good Lord. It's been that long. People are in a different phase of their life. Uh, I also had this realization um so there's this initial spike of kind of viewing and it's very exciting of course and like i'm on that like oh man i did it i'm gonna i'm gonna do so many more of these and it's gonna be amazing and i'll i'll get back on top and all this stuff um but i noticed that so there's this initial spike and it gets a bunch of views you know a few thousand within minutes basically uh, and everybody's just kind of saying that, like, oh, you're back, super cool. Hardly anybody's actually commenting on the video itself or even watching it, I suspect. Uh, and then, it, like, after that initial bump of all the people who just were excited that I was back, it's just sort of this very slow trickle of viewership. There's clearly nobody new watching it. It's just people who knew me from before. And I'm kind of comparing to some of the numbers and looking at the daily viewership. And I'm like, man, this the channel is practically dead compared to what it was before. I mean, yes, I still have a core audience, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's not even close. And there's a little bit of a, this compensatory downward emotional thing of, man, okay, cool. I got, I got some attention, but if I, not that I thought about it in these terms, but if I expected to just sort of walk back in and show up and say, Hey everybody, I'm back. Nothing ever happened. Let's just go. That is not the case. You know, this is, it, 
assuming I can even get there, it will take me a long time to even get back to the level that it was at, never mind building on what I had going. So that's a bit of a, it's kind of a humbling thing to think about of, yeah, this was hard. I feel like I, I got through some real emotional challenges, but it was five years to do that. And there's a real cost there. And I got to think about how do I feel about that? What does that mean for me going forward? You know, there's this, there was this part of me and this is, this is dealt with, but there's this part of me. It's like, man, forget it. It's kind of like a problem I have when I pick up the guitar where I think I used to be pretty yeah. good at this and now I'm not. And so I need to put in a ton of work just to get to where I was, never mind surpassing. And so it, I don't know, it's a hard thing, but I've, I've, worked through a lot of that in my head and i i've got some ideas on just what i want to do but we can kind of save that for uh, uh later if i'd like to hear kind of what your emotional journey was from from this well i didn't really consider that side for you i i didn't either i just figured you'd walk back in and it'd be right back where you were and then yeah thinking about it later i'm like oh there's there's a reason why they say consistency is important and waiting, you know, yeah. they say, you know, waiting too long between each video can be bad. Yep. I don't half think they ever consider waiting. Long. Yeah, half a decade might be too long. So I guess, I guess that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Um, but our, well, not that we have to get into your emotional traumas, but you said there was a little bit of a, an emotional dip. Are you downplaying that or, or was it actually, I mean, was, was this kind uh, of a big deal? I, I, I kind of want it to be a big deal for you because doing this was sort of emotionally insane for me. I'm pro I probably am downplaying it a bit. There definitely was this. Well, there's two things that are happening that sort of uh, convened or converged to make this emotional low. One was I really did put a lot of time and effort and mental energy into just doing the video in the first place. You said yourself you were like had barely slept and we're yeah. running on coffee and everything right so there's this big intense buildup, and really no matter what happened you kind of have to crash a little bit after if you stretch yourself to that point just in, even just in terms of the amount of focus i was putting on one thing like my mind had not let right. go of this thing for days so there was that right there's just kind of the natural crash after but also it's kind of like when you're you're riding up a ramp and then you just sort of fall off the end that's a little bit what it felt like and then i release it there's all this really positive stuff a lot of people saying really nice things that i'm super thrilled about but then you kind of run out of that and then it's okay there's just there's not really anybody there's not anybody else it's just the people who remember me from then and are excited you know it's so yes there was this dip of oof okay Let's get a little bit more realistic about where we're at. I never, I hadn't even really looked at like the viewership numbers and the the size of the channel at that point. But I look at it and it's like, man, it had really, really come down from where it was. So, yeah, yeah it kind of it sucked. It's like the thought that I had to come to terms with that fact of okay, best case, it's months of work i'll be very lucky to get to that point if i'm diligent for the rest of the year and even that like you know the winds of the internet are fickle so who knows but i'm just thinking okay 
six months of work and videos from here on out and maybe i'm where i was probably not you know i gotta i gotta come to terms with that so i'm having to think kind of having to take myself apart a little bit like why am i doing this in the first place is it because i want to be popular i don't think that's it but maybe it is right certainly that's why a lot of people do a lot of stuff online is to try and get a lot of viewership so if that's my main motivator this is sort of a depressing thing or line of thought right is it money because you make money off of advertising and things like that so theoretically if i get lots of viewers i can make money but then i think it's you know yeah it'd be super cool to one day get to where you can do it all the time what were you gonna say okay well okay so you started wondering about what you want out of the platform right yeah okay i also ended up there okay so let's Let's get to that later. Okay. Yeah, I'll yeah, give yeah. you my so first. Let's get your side. Yes. Okay. So I upload the video and I was feeling really good about it. I'm, I'm thinking I did it and the video is pretty good and I'm happy about it. And then I hit and, upload. We, sorry, just a quick orientation. You uploaded a video of a piece of art that you had done. This was an oil painting or oil on canvas, I think. Illustration uh, board, but il- oil on watching. illustration Paying board. Paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you had done this, like, I mean, it was a very ambitious and challenging piece. It sounded like you put this video together of the whole process and this narrative about, you know, you and doing it and how it was difficult to do and things like that. Right. Like, yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Yes. I uploaded a video, the whole process of the painting. And I kind of talked about myself and why I did it and, and all that. So It was a pretty involved painting. I, yeah. I cut down like over 80 hours of footage to, to make it, you know, cut it down into 10 minutes or something. So right. there was a lot of work that went into it. And I was feeling good about it. And then we hit upload, closed down the episode, uh, our last episode. And then I'm just sitting there. I also walked away for, you know, 20 minutes or how, however long. And I'm just, you know, I'll just drop the mic and walk away. And then, you know, 30 minutes later, I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done? I hate myself. I hate everything about the video. It's so stupid. What the hell was I thinking? Oh my God, I'm going to go delete it. And like before <laughs> even seeing any reactions or anything, I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go delete it. And that's that. And because I, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with the cringe, just playing back the video in my head. I'm just, God, I hate, I hate it all. Like I just, I hate the whole thing. So I, I don't know why it's always like that whenever I upload anything, but it just is. So then I, I go to the computer and unlike you, I'm like, oh, I have two views and I'm pretty sure both of them were me checking the video or whatever. So, you know, it was a little bit different. So, yeah, I went through this big, I don't know, spiral of, oh my God, I hate this. This is awful. I never want to do this kind of thing ever again. This is... It was just like you feel this hatred wash over you. And I think <laughs> that it's probably just, you know, insecurity or or whatever. You just, you care so much about something, whatever. All the reasons for me feeling that are not cool at all. It's just me, I guess, being pathetic or something. But yeah, so I dealt with that. And that came in waves up and down over the next week. It was just, I would... 
I went through this deep valley of feeling horrible. And then I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. It's cool. I did it. You know, it's a thing, Mm -hmm. whatever. Someone said something nice about it. So I feel good about it. And then I would, something would happen and it would totally flip again. And so I went up and down over the next week, many, many different times. At the same time that I uploaded the video, I also decided, because I wasn't doing this before, but I decided to upload the art to Reddit and to a couple Discord servers, some artist Discord servers, and post it on Instagram and just kind of just share it. Previously, I was planning on just keeping on the art secret until the end of the year or something. I was like, you know what? Let's just do, if we're going to do it, let's just do it. Let's just put the art out there. Let's treat this as a real posting of a, of a piece of art. You know, you're, you're doing it for real. This is part of the process. So I just uploaded it kind of everywhere. And it it was a weird thing because I had the, the YouTube video, which I started feeling really awful about. And then, you know, there were no real comments, you know, one here, there or something. But I'm, I'm just like internally hating myself, of course. And then I upload it to Reddit and it just, it kind of blows up. I uploaded it to the uh, R art. The, you you the uploaded art just like a photo of the painting not yeah, the video just yeah not the video just the painting itself so i uploaded that to reddit and it kind of blew up it just went straight to the top and just kind of sat there and that kind of threw me off guard i was like whoa i wasn't expecting that and then in some of the discord servers that i posted it in i was getting some really good positive feedback it like people were being genuinely um i don't know but just accepting of it and they they really liked it go ahead can i i just i I want to say something nice here. I know you're not a fan of this, but it's usually against the rules, but go ahead. Okay. Just looking. So I looked at that. I browsed the art subreddit sometimes, but I was looking at it after you had posted it there. And <laughs> I know that the journey of the painting was a challenge for you. And there's things that you aren't happy with and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like when, when you're really close to something, you're you're really fixated on the thing itself and you sometimes forget some of the stuff that's just been built over over years that are just there and you have such i mean i say this as like a non-artist person but just from my layman perspective you have such an amazing uh grasp on lighting and i i think you've prioritized this in the past right or maybe yeah. you still do, but you've really paid a lot of attention to lighting. To me, you're scrolling through art, and there's some amazing stuff on the art subreddit and, and other places too, right? Like you're looking through, like, man, this is really cool. But you kind of you're you're scrolling through this stuff, and I see yours, and it reminds me of all of the gaming like NVIDIA graphics cards advertisements where they're like ray tracing off, ray tracing on. Ray tracing off, ray tracing up. And okay. in gaming, ray tracing is like a lighting technique where instead of just doing this very simple approximation of lighting, you're actually tracing a ray from a light source to a surface and looking at where it bounces to, or or you might actually do that from the camera or whatever. It's a like this very advanced lighting thing. Not that that's important here. That's what it feels like, where you look at your art and you're like, man. <laughs> There's something about this, just the lighting, the, there's this aspect of realism that just you don't see from very many other people. And so 
that's just like it just stands out on on the page of very awesome high quality art that you're scrolling through that's my nice thing that i wanted to say it just all right I, i'll accept it with a warning of let's let's be careful about more of that kind of talk in the future but, okay yeah thank you um so well that's kind of the lesson i'm learning is that okay i had kind of written off this painting of all right you did a painting maybe it's a dud i don't know like i'm not real happy with it whatever and then we agree to do these videos and i'm thinking okay now i got to make a video on this painting whatever you know how can i mm -hmm. twist the narrative to where this is a success or whatever but even when i put out the video i'm thinking this is you know it's i need to do another one i need to do better and blah 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 and i just i wasn't that excited about the painting itself but then when i started sharing it and you had said something to me like you know once you get past a certain level in art like no one really can tell or care if you're good or not and i think i'm slowly starting to comprehend that in that i spend my whole world in this you know this constantly judging art is it good is it bad am i good am i bad you know how am i improving or not improving or whatever and i'm always thinking about this you know leveling up or i'm not as far mm -hmm. as i want to be or whatever but then you just put this art out into the world and they don't have all this baggage attached to it they just see it and they either like it or they don't like it it's not really good or bad they just either connect with it or don't connect with it and so what i found was that i did this piece that i wasn't 100 percent happy with but i put it out there and people a lot of people on this art reddit were connecting to it and really liking it and i'm thinking well wait that's not right <laughs> like i i misjudged that and yeah. i wasn't expecting that and so what that showed me is that it's not my responsibility to tell whether it's good or good or bad or anything i just i do the best work i can i put it out there and the yeah. the crazy wild west internet world will decide if it if it's deemed worthy or not of their attention and so that putting out this video uploading stuff to reddit and the discord servers it the reactions were totally different than what i expected it was a whole different i mean it's a whole different world i'm not sharing this with mm -hmm. i did share it with some artists but for the most part i'm sharing it with these total strangers at a place you know they don't know me and they're not gauging this stuff in the way that i would and it was just it was just this very eye-opening experience mm -hmm. of oh things don't work how i think they work <laughs> and also it it made me really excited it did not make me feel like wow i'm so good because people love my art that's actually not how it made me feel at all but it did make me feel really excited that oh even if i make bad art people will like it <laughs> or not really that but it doesn't matter whether i'm working at the level that i want to be working at or anything if i put it out there people might still like it and that was i don't know it was this lesson that i think i really needed to learn and it got me really excited in that oh all these things that i'm thinking of it might work like people were liking it and that might mean that all my ideas might actually work like all the plans i've had since forever it it, it might work and you know in the for the last like decade or so i have developed this massive chip on my shoulder against like planet earth just everyone <laughs> i talk to because i will try to describe you know 
paintings I want to paint or, you know, stories or whatever, like all the stuff I want to do. I try to describe it and I fail miserably. And then they look at me like, okay, that's, that's nice. But the look they give me is always, yeah, maybe it's time to grow up and go be a normal person. Like whatever you're talking about, it's not, it's not a real thing. So maybe just give up on it. Like that's the attitude I, I feel like I get from everyone. And, and it's not even like, like no one says that outright. It's just a feeling yeah. that I get from everyone I try to describe this stuff to. So eventually I just kind of stopped talking about it, just keep it secret. But after I uploaded this video and shared some stuff and seeing the reactions of people, I think that now the world can start, can slowly start to see like what it is I'm actually doing. And so the reaction I've gotten from people I know, like in my real life, most of them have been very supportive. Like instead of, oh, you should give up on whatever you're blabbering about. It's more like, oh yeah, go Dan, go do, do more. Like we want to see more, like what else do you got? And, and so it's been like this really encouraging experience, I think. I mean, coupled with some high-end cringe and, you know, self-hatred at the beginning, but at, it's kind of turned into this, okay, I'm proud of myself. I put stuff out. This stuff that I think about a lot might actually work now. And so I'm, I'm just feeling a bit encouraged from all of that. And now I just want to run and, and do it and just, you know, just keep doing things and stop doubting myself and just go. You've described some of this stuff to me before. And yeah. my feeling is like, yeah, that's very exciting. I imagine, uh, I just I think that maybe some of that very negative uh they're trying to tell me to stop being an artist might well, just I think be... it's me. I think it's the yeah. way I describe it. I I can't describe it. Like unless I have something concrete to show them, which right. I kind of do now, the YouTube right. video and a painting and and more on the way and whatever like n that was the missing piece, I think. Is I I needed something concrete to be able to show people and right. I I didn't have that before. But th that's how it's supposed to be. If you could just tell somebody a piece of art, then... Right, right, yeah. <laughs> the whole I'm point is that yeah. you see it and you go, oh, holy crap, that's yes. amazing. Or that, I get it now. You, you know, you I'm... could describe the painting you did... Like, oh, there's a guy, they're looking at a thing in the water, it's like a squid, and then the one kid looks at the other kid, and the person listening is like, okay, sure. But you see it, and you go, oh, man, I, there's something there. I don't know what it is. It's not, I just, you, you get it. I'm, I'm not saying the universe got it wrong. I'm saying that that's no, the situation I've been in for a long time. And so it's just been really frustrating. And I... I don't blame planet earth and the universe for me feeling like that. Or maybe I do a little right. bit, but I'm just, I'm happy to finally have something to point to and say, this is what I'm doing. I want to do more of this. Hopefully you can understand. And I think people are starting to understand like close friends that I've talked to this stuff before about now, instead of like, yeah, okay, whatever, Dan. Now they're like, okay, when's your next one? You know, right. what are you doing next? Now it's like this sort of, looking to to what is coming next so right. i'm there's just, just yeah there's a part of me that's thinking what did you expect you're an artist you got to make art that's what people i just i know yeah 
and I, I know. I'm okay, and I'm suffering from similar issues of hey man, what did you think was gonna happen? But <laughs> right. I'm glad that that you've made it to this place of all right, show people art, they're get they're gonna get it. There is something there. But it's it's been such like this huge journey of okay, I have to stop doing freelance. I have to figure out ways where I can actually work. Like you know, how do I make my schedule work so I can put in ten minutes of time every day into this? And like, will I ever be able to do this? And it's just like years I've spent thinking about this stuff, and it like it all sort of fell into place. It, it's not like I succeeded in my dreams, but it's I just I cracked the door open. Yeah. And it's like, yes, there's light in there. You know, I, I just want to keep going. So I'm just, I'm very happy where I am now, as opposed to the last 10 years of me trying to do this. Now I actually have like the first thing and that's exciting. So that, that yeah. is very exciting. In some ways it's almost, I won't say opposite, but we're definitely on these sort of different trajectories of what well, happens. Let's let's talk about your trajectory. Well, I mean, like I said, if you look at it objectively, you go, man, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> of course, if you take half a decade off, you're going to lose some people. So that's where I'm at. I don't know. If my goal is to be really popular and, you know, on top of YouTube, then I really screwed up by taking five years off. Again, I don't know what I expected, but it, and I, like, I never thought about it in those terms, but there just is part of it coming back to it. You're like, okay, we got to really come to terms with being at a much lower level, just in terms of those kinds of metrics than I was before. So, okay. What does that mean? What do I want to do? I, Right. I remember when I started out, before things really kind of got in my head, that I had this feeling of, I think I can explain some of these things better than what's out on YouTube right now. And again, it was an entirely different world at the time. There was a handful of music theory teachers and, you know, it, it's a, there's some amazing people doing this now. But that was my original thought was, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to go try and do these things better than what's out there right now. And so now, because I have all this stuff and history, I'm kind of unhappy after having gotten through this little bit of a emotional up and down and everything. It's like, okay, I don't like that. This is what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the numbers. I'm thinking about revenue, stuff like that. And that's not where I want to be. That wasn't how I approached doing the video in the first place. I mean, of course, you're always hopeful and you're wanting to get a good response. But like, I didn't even look at the viewership numbers. I hadn't even paid attention to that. I was just focused on doing this thing. And so after kind of really getting sucked into, okay, let's check the metrics every 10 minutes. Let's, how are we doing and whatever. I'm thinking, I don't want to be here. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. And even if I were doing better, like even if, you know, things were taken off, I, I'm familiar with that. That leads to, it almost feels like a clicker game. Have you ever mm -hmm. played Universal Paperclips or Cookie Clicker or something like that? No. Okay. The 
basically the whole premise of these games they're extremely addictive if anybody would like to destroy a weekend check out universal paperclips or cookie clicker universal paperclips is better though but the the whole idea is that you start out and you're you know you have a cookie factory you hire a grandma to make cookies for you and then you start to make more money and so you invest in the next thing and now you're making 10 times as many cookies and now you're making a thousand times and then eventually you're up to 10 trillion cookies a second and you've got this you know cookie antimatter formulation i'm kind of spoiling some of the game i guess but don't play it it's terrible but basically like awesome. it, yeah it just escalates where <laughs> you're you're making 10 per second and then a hundred and then a thousand then 10,000. It's just like, it's just going up scaling that way. And you just, as soon as you make it to the next level, you mentally adapt. And then the only thing that matters is getting to the next one. That's kind of, that's how the, the popularity thing feels to me. So, yeah. So we compared our experiences and, and, you said mine was like this upward trajectory, right? Like where I'm feeling good. So we could say my experience was a positive one, right? Yeah. And you're saying yours is a negative one. Okay. Well, let's look at the numbers for that. Okay. No, that's my, not. My, let's just do that. My video got 334 views. Okay. Which is a success for me. That's the highest number of views I've gotten on a video. I, I think I'm not going to proof that but i'm pretty sure that's the highest one i got and then for you you got almost four thousand views now so if you compare the two um i'm doing really badly now if you compare you to previous you yeah you kind of suck but yeah. if you compare you to me then you're not doing so bad um but okay right I, i'm glad that you brought this up because this is what i also ran into once I started thinking, okay, I just want to, you know, I'm feeling good. I, w I want to continue to grow all this stuff. And then you had kind of yelled at me a bit about, okay, you need to, you, you need to make prints available and you need to work on this and you need to upload other things, whatever. So I started yeah. thinking about all of that. I'm like, okay, I will, I will stop working on more art and just for a couple of days, I just want to focus on the whole social media aspect of this because it's very important if i ever want to do this this whole thing so i start i have an instagram and i've had it forever and i uploaded the painting on on there so i did a reel and i did a, a picture of the painting whatever and they did okay and um and then a couple days later i'm like okay well i want to i want to keep this up i want to post more art so i I kind of build this folder of a, a bunch of different uh, sketches or whatever. I didn't want to post another painting yet. I'm just, okay, I'll post some sketches, whatever, to, to keep up the engagement or whatever. So a couple of days later, I post a little sketch. And it sucks. It's got like 12 likes or something. And, and immediately, I start to, you know, kind of hate myself a little bit. and like, God, you're such an idiot. Why did you upload this thing? This is so stupid. And I just feel all the same, like, horrible emotions of, I hate Instagram. I hate myself. I hate social media. I hate everything. I can't draw. I suck at everything. Whatever. I just, I go through those motions again. And I'm thinking, okay, this is so stupid. Like, the, the fact that I'm feeling like this, this is so dumb. Oh, before I came to that realization, though, I'm still scrolling through and I'm thinking, God, like, 
I should just do different stuff. Like I shouldn't post drawings anymore. I should, and you know, I start watching some reels because you know those those are supposed to be the the way to go now. So I start watching some reels, and I'm thinking, okay, well maybe I should do you know a post where I talk about a sketch and whatever, or I take a page and then I turn it around because. I don't know, the girls on there are getting lots of likes when they do it. And so, I'm, you know, I'm just, my brain starts thinking in metrics of Instagram yeah. and starts thinking in the world of Instagram where up is down and things are backwards and weird, where it's not improving at art, it's improving at, at presentation or whatever. And your brain starts changing metrics. It starts adapting to it to the next level, but the next level is on a different planet. And so you start like everything starts getting warped and things get confused yeah. and you just like you end up feeling this weird pain and this total confusion. So I I was like, okay. I've learned enough over the course of this this podcast to just stop and back up for a little bit. Is this healthy? No. So I started thinking, I was like, okay, I need to go to the whiteboard, not to Instagram. I don't need to look to Instagram for my answers or you with YouTube metrics. You need to back up and think first, you, what do you want out of this? So I started thinking, okay, what do I actually want out of Instagram? And I'm like, okay. And then it, it got me thinking on this whole like ecosystem of social media. And I made a, a big chart of that, but I'm thinking, okay, you have this whole pool of, of social media. For me, this is how it's going to kind of work, or this is my theory. You have this big pool and you have a shallow end and a very deep end. And on the shallow end, you have things like Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and whatever, and sometimes Reddit. Reddit can, can differ. But in the shallow end, you have these like instant uh, engagement or, you know, people see it for literally a quarter of a second, like it, and then move on or whatever. It's this very quick, very fast engagement, very shallow end of the pool. And then as you move further into the deeper end, let's say the deepest one would be like Patreon, where you're sharing like, you know, your process behind the scenes, whatever. And then a little bit more towards the shallow end, somewhere in the middle is maybe YouTube where you're doing the whole process, whatever. Then your website might be in the middle. Somewhere in the pool, these social media sites fall. And I'm thinking of it sort of like in a loop where I want people to come in and then I want them to end up in the deep end. You know, I, I'm not trying to trick people. There's no sharks in the deep end. I'm just trying. I want to show people, hey, this is my art. And then if they like it, you can move a little bit further into the pool and you can see more of it. And then, you know, you can get deeper and deeper. And there's there's more stuff to find if you like that. Um, so Instagram falls in the shallow end, the very shallow end. So I'm thinking, okay, I need quick engagement. So I need to show the things that you know, grab attention real quick. And I don't want to do anything that I don't like. I don't want to do any stupid Instagram, you know, eye catching real stuff that I see other people do that I hate. I don't want to sell myself like this is, I'm not trying to sell out. I only want to do stuff that I like. So I wonder if there's a way, and I haven't figured it out yet, but I wonder if there's a way where I can do quick engagement stuff that I actually find joy in. Like what sparks joy for me in that shallow end of the pool? And I've already come up with a couple little video ideas and stuff that I would actually enjoy and that sparks joy. And I've started, and I've also decided that, okay, I need this to be a scheduled thing, like maybe once or twice a week. All right. That's something I want out of Instagram. 
And if you notice, I am now in control of the social media thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not not taking commands from Instagram. So I'm like, okay, it needs to be maybe once or twice a week. It needs to be a scheduled thing so I don't get too caught up in a singular post. I need to be able to post and then walk away from it and not worry about it. But I also want to be able to learn from it. So maybe if I, like I posted a sketch and at first I emotionally kind of fell apart because I thought I just sucked. But then it hit me, well, wait a minute. I'll just put this on the whiteboard on my Instagram list and say that, okay, sketches by themselves don't really work. So I marked that down. And then next next post i'm going to try something else and now i'm winning every time i post even if it's a loss because Mm -hmm. i'm gathering data and i'm building this thing that i actually do want and so even the little failures i'm not sitting there thinking oh god i'm not at the point where i used to be or i'm you know this this video wasn't uh it didn't go viral but my other videos went viral i'm thinking okay i uploaded that it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Let's change it on the next one. And you always have this like next thing to look to and you never get yeah. stuck in the singular upload. And so for you, I think you should rethink what you actually want out of YouTube. And I think you've already started doing that. But do not let YouTube call the shots on your creative decisions. I started considering, oh, well, you know, popular people on YouTube do it this way. So maybe I'll change my whole creative process and just start, you know, all right, I won't say that bad word. I won't sell myself out to, to Instagram for my creative decisions. I will come up with my stuff and then I will find a way to fit it into Instagram. And then that's that. And so, yeah, I think you should rethink what you want out of YouTube and learn from this video you just uploaded and how are you going to fix that in the next one and the next one and the next one and how does this long line of uploads in the future lead to what you actually want out of YouTube rather than these random metrics that you know like view count and 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 that stuff well okay so I I did get there I in the narrative of the podcast so far I haven't really gotten to that point but I reached well good good Yeah, a very similar place that you did, which is I'm thinking about this just from in terms of what happened before, in terms of what's happening now, from the initial, you know, rise in in views and comments and attention and everything, thinking, oh, this is so cool. There's people here and they still like me and whatnot. And then, of course, that sort of flatline and everything. And you had mentioned the view numbers. I mean, whatever. The point is that I'm trying to not care about that. There's well, okay, but if you are caring, well, what were you going to say? Well, just the you know, it, it reaches 4,000 views almost overnight, right? And I'm like, oh, it's so cool. There's like thousands of views happening right away, and then it's just like totally flatlined. And I'm thinking, man, I've got videos with millions of views, you know, the I, I just checked like the one of them has six million, which in YouTube terms is nothing insane, but it's still like that's still hanging over my head, right? Yeah, so you know, 4,000, again, like cookie clicker, it's a lot compared to less than that, but it's not very much compared to more than that. And you just instantly adjust your brain. So anyway, I had to kind of get to that point of finally recognizing, hey, it doesn't matter if things are really good or really bad. This is still a pretty twisted game of social media. Like to define that term very broadly, it's just all of this stuff. YouTube is we're going to kind of count it anything that that plays this game 
it messes you up. I mean, it it's a game where even if you win, you kind of lose. It it's just not great for your mental health and sanity. I okay. I agree kind of, but I also think I also disagree <laughs> because I okay. I think that that there is a way to do this where it's not horrible for you and you actually enjoy the whole process. Oh. I absolutely believe it. It's just, it's the way that you look at it. I, I would not say that the YouTube, the YouTube algorithm is giving people, you know, uh, emotional problems. Like in a way it kind of is, but in a bigger way, I think it's the people's fault for not. Okay, man, I'm going to sound really bad here, but I'm trying to say that I believe there is hope and that, you can conquer this system. People are swimming against the, the current here. They, they don't know how to swim with the current. They, so they're constantly fighting it. They don't know how to deal with it. But I guarantee we can get you to a point and, and me to a point where we can do this in a healthy manner and nothing about the algorithm will be any different. Okay, I agree with part of what you said, which is that, yeah, I... And this is what I'm after. I'm still doing it. I'm planning on uploading another YouTube video within a week or two. Like, I, the plan is to do it and to be able to do it in a healthy way. But I 100% believe that people are swimming with the current of these sites. Like, they're whether it's malicious or intentional or not, you're still trying to to master the algorithm you're still trying to get lots of views so when you see these reels that are that have a bajillion views and it's just there's cleavage in the thumbnail that's literally why they do it and it's like just the perfect kind it's sort of suggestive in this way that's almost unconscious you you see it you 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 know it when you see it you're like yeah i thought there was going to be something here or i don't know there's just something about it that can drive you crazy and you said yourself what you're you're having to write things down on the whiteboard and think of it as an experiment and really kind of master that whole mental yeah. side of it and where i'm not just going to get sucked into it i'm going to remain true to myself I'm going to think about what I like and don't. I'm not just going to sell myself out to whatever seems like it might be popular. That's like very much against the current of these things. And yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the, the natural tendency is to fall right yeah. into it. Yeah. The natural tendency is to try and do whatever you think is going to lead to the most reward, which is, you know, how these things are built. Uh, but I just sort of as a, as a side note, People tend, or people do, view the YouTube and any social media platform, but I'm specifically talking about YouTube, because that's the only one I kind of know something about. Um, not from experience, just from watching a lot of videos on, on YouTube metrics and stuff. Um, so I guess that's good to say too. But people treat the YouTube algorithm as like this evil god that just either tortures people or blesses people. And it's just totally random. And yeah. most people are just total victims of this evil YouTube devil. Um, but I, I've listened to a lot of videos on Mr. Beast, who is the number one YouTube 
guy. Like he has more subscribers than anybody right now. So he knows his stuff about about YouTube metrics. And he says that the YouTube algorithm could be interchanged with people's attention. And that's really it. The the two most important metrics on any YouTube video is the the CTR, which is the click-through rate, and the percentage viewed, or the I forget the exact term for that, but like how much of the video watch percentage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, watch percentage. So for your latest video, I think you failed on those two points, the two biggest points of the entire algorithm, which is that most people did not click on it because they could hardly see your face. They didn't recognize it. They haven't seen you for five years. No one really, I don't, I don't think the physics of sound is a super like, oh my God, I got to watch that type of video. You know, most people aren't yeah. looking for, to sit there for 45 minutes and watch a video of physics of sound. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it doesn't fall into no, the no. category of, oh my God, I got to watch that right now. So you, I think, this is my theory, that you failed hard at the, one of the biggest metrics of YouTube, which is click and watch me. You didn't hit that that so now you're the other half of the metric is are people going to watch this whole video and then want to watch more of my videos well the thing is 45 minutes long about physics and sound waves so the majority like 99 percent of the population is not going to want to sit through no matter how wonderfully it's described how perfect of a job you do describing it no one or very few people are going to sit through and watch that whole thing. And if your metrics are falling off, you know, after the first 10 seconds or hardly anyone's making it to the end, then YouTube is not going to push that video. So the algorithm didn't just decide to screw you over. You did not please the algorithm. You did not please the viewership of the people in that you did not have a video people wanted to click on and you did not have a video that people wanted to watch the entire thing. So that's my theory on why this latest video didn't do well. And I think there's many ways you can, you can grow in just tweaking a few things in order to, to fix that. And then your future videos will be better. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me, so first off, I 100% agree. And I don't ever want to forget that the, the, the founding principle of the overanalyzers is that everything is your fault. And if it didn't do well, it's my fault. And I need, that gives right. me an incredible amount of power to recognize that I can change those things because it was my fault. It's not just me being helpless and the algorithm decided not to bless me today. Yeah, 100%. There are so many things that I could have done better. And one of the things that has come out of this thinking through process is I have this goal. Uh, I, I have this like whole document of youtube stuff and it sort of captures ideas and things but at the top of it i have these kind of like foundational principles of just things that i i want to always be keeping in mind as i go forward and the number one is i want to do something better every time not everything doesn't have to be a total overhaul but every time i sit down and, and do a video i want to try and improve on at least one thing and that has like it's very empowering for me to think about and there's lots and lots of things that could have been a lot better and i want to improve upon those so 100 percent agree and i i i'm in a bit of a different category than mr beast obviously entertainment is different than um 
Well, yes, different category. So you're not going to appeal to the entire public, right? Right. He's doing, he's doing stuff that is, whatever. It's surprising and insane. So most people want to see that. Mm -hmm. For but the algorithm is the same for you as it as it is for him. It still cares about the same thing. The only intent of the algorithm is to keep people watching YouTube. So if your video gets people yeah. to click on it and gets them to keep watching it, then then YouTube likes it. Right. Okay. And again, 100% agree. And that's like a major point to work on. Um, but the other thing here is that when I say that there's this game where you lose, I, I don't mean that I don't mean that getting better at holding people's attention and getting them to to watch your stuff and enjoy it, all of that, right? I don't mean that. I just mean that when you create this scoring system with infinite possibilities and so many things to compare yourself to, it just it messes with your head. And it's this yeah. is well understood and documented. Just as an example, the more time you spend on Facebook, the less happy you are. It's just it's this nice, beautiful relationship that has been studied and observed and put in published peer-reviewed papers of man, the more time you're on Facebook, the crapper you the crappier you feel about yourself. And YouTube is very different than Facebook, but there are those elements where if you get so sucked in to yourself and how popular you are and how much viewership you have and everything yeah. you put on there is just you're trying to hit a new high score. You know, like this is this is me. This is the thing that I'm starting to get sucked into mentally of is thinking of it that way. And I if that's your mindset. I don't think there's a way to come out the other end of that feeling good. I mean, if you're popular, that's cool. I don't know what that does for you. You know, that that doesn't really, like, improve your life. It just sort of feels good. But again, it suffers from that same problem of, well, I'm popular, but I'm, I'm not 10 times more popular than I could be or than I am right now. You just get into that game. There's money, but... So you can make money. People will donate money to you if you're really popular. You know, if you're, there's just enough people out there. You get money through ads. But then I think, even just to think about money, I'm like, well, I'm not rich, but I'm fine. I okay, What well, would I do with more money? So this is what, well, this is what I'm thinking. Because you're right. If you zoom in and you get close, and I've, I was experienced. I experience this stuff all the time. You zero in, like with the Instagram thing, I'm thinking, oh, now I got to change everything I do and I have to adapt to Instagram or, or like you, the metrics in your head change and you start thinking, oh, well, I want to be more popular with more viewers and more subscribers. And, but then what does that get me? Well, I like money. Well, money's good. But then if you get too much money, then, then what happens? And then like, you just, you keep zeroing in on all these weird things. And I think this is why it's so important to know who you are and what you want out of life. And Marie Kondo talks about this in her book, which you should read, by the way. I haven't finished it. I've only gotten like halfway through, but she says, before you start cleaning anything, it's like, get out a sheet of paper and write down what type of lifestyle you want to live. What, who are you? Why do you want to live that lifestyle? She says, once you've written that down, write it again and keep asking why. 
Why do you want that lifestyle? Why do you see yourself as this? And she said, do that three or four or five times. Just keep asking why. Who are you? What do you want to do? Why? Why? And you just keep, keep going over and over that. If you can figure out what you want, why you want it, then everything can work in this perfect little ecosystem to give you that. Okay? So my rough draft of my ecosystem, which I wasn't planning on sharing, but like I made this, this giant uh, chart thing, which is basically life. I live my best life, right? Which is complicated. But for, for the whole art system that I'm trying to, to build, I live my best life, which gives me the best stories for me, which I find a lot of enjoyment over, which gives me painting ideas, right? So good life equals good story equals good paintings or paintings that I enjoy doing that I find a lot of fulfillment in. I can't do that unless there's some sort of support to enable me to do that. I need money in order to live my best life, to come up with good stories, in order to do paintings that fulfill me. So I need this huge structure to support that. Well, with the paintings, I have, you know, sales of originals for for money or for enjoyment, I would love for someone to own my art and actually enjoy it. That's fulfilling to me. I have, you know, different product ideas for these paintings. I have different social media platforms in order to get my paintings in front of people, which then brings them back to hopefully support and enjoy my work, which I get a lot of fulfillment out of people enjoying stuff that I do. I, I want to share what I like with other people. That's kind of the human experience. And then, uh, okay, so my three main interests are art, music, and film. It's been the same thing since I was like, I don't know, 12 years old. Because when I was 10, I was playing basketball. That's kind of fallen off. But even, I don't know, even physical activity is still important to me. But art, music, and film, like YouTube videos and stuff, I have loved those three things since I was a kid. And I have always looked for this way to live a lifestyle that can include all of them. And I think with this system, I'll be able to live my best life, which gives me good stories, which gives me paintings, which also I can turn into YouTube music videos. I, I got a bunch of ideas. I don't just want to spill them out and ruin them and jinx them, or whatever. But I think in 20 years, if AI, if AI hasn't destroyed all the humans and if humans haven't destroyed the entire planet, I think in about 10, 15, 20 years, I can see this little ecosystem working out to where I can have everything that I've always wanted, not in terms of, oh, have a super nice car and the biggest house ever. Not like that. I'll be able to enjoy art, music, making films and and going on adventures and finding stories and researching and learning and and reading and doing all the things that I love to do. If the whole thing works, Everything should feed into the next thing, and it will allow me, if it all pans out, if people donate money, if I'm supported by people, if I get viewership, you know, those numbers mean me living a more fulfilled life. So they don't mean, oh, I get this popularity that I didn't really think about before, but now I want, I don't really know what to do with it, or or I like money too, but I don't really know what that means. More viewership means 
more people enjoying my art, which I find fulfillment in. It might mean more money, which allows me to go on more adventures and find more stories and spend more time on art. So all those numbers, all that money, all the, the everything, all the metrics of everything feed in to the lifestyle. So if you know your lifestyle, what you want out of life, all of those metrics can work to build, to construct that infrastructure that supports you living your best life. That's how I see it. So when something feels very unhealthy and awful, step back and ask yourself, how does this feed into the bigger picture? How does this make you happier? You know? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a great lecture. Um, so yeah, the, I... the takeaway is read Marie Kondo's book and ask yourself what kind of lifestyle you want to live. Okay, well, I, I'm ashamed to say I haven't read her book yet. Uh, it's sitting on the dining room table because I like have every intention of picking it up. But I, I didn't just finish. Okay, well, I did just finish the book club book that was, I was procrastinating on. So now I'm, I'm ready to like really get going. But even without having read that, um, that is, at least in some sense, kind of what I started to think about, which is what, what do I want? If I'm gonna, I could, you can make money doing all sorts of things. You know, I could go to school and be an accountant, make a lot of money, right? They make tons of money, but I don't, like, I don't want to. That's not fun for me. Ultimately, if you kind of are able to set aside the popularity thing and the money thing and whatever, you know, as you said, like that, that is important because it feeds into something, but it's only important because it feeds into something. And so right. I think about, okay, what do I want? And I, I kept thinking about how, so I've been working on this app service thing, this idea that I had of a space repetition app. And there's certain things that I'm, I'm trying to do that are different and hopefully better than you know, what else is out there, Anki and things like that. Right. But I also, from the very start, you know, I, I recognized that this was going to be a very long-term project. It was going to require many hours from me. And so I thought a big part of this isn't just to do this thing that hopefully people use and like and makes me money. Part of what I want to do here is I want to learn a bunch of new stuff that I've kind of always wanted to do, but just haven't really been able to. And I want to pick all the stuff that I think is super cool. Like I am writing most of it in this extremely obscure programming language that no one has ever heard of called NIM. But I did that and it's probably not the most sensible choice, but I just really like it. It's just a really cool programming language. It does a bunch of things right that I hate about the programming languages I've been stuck working in. And so I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to do that and figure it out. And I got really into this, uh, this sort of lecture series on this way of transferring data from one place to another. It's called conflict-free replicated data types. Basically, it's just like kind of out there, newer philosophy on how you can synchronize data between places rather than just having a central server, whatever. The details don't matter. It just sounded so exciting to me. And there's even things about it that just aren't even figured out yet. So there's new ideas coming out of, okay, here's how we do this particular type of 
data types and whatever. And I'm like, this is so cool. I love this. It just seems cool to me. I'm going to use this. I'm just going to figure it out. And it's not the easiest, shortest path to the goal, but it's really fun. And I have spent, I think it's around a year now, uh, every morning with very few exceptions, working on this project for hours for like solid two hour chunk i invest time in this and the payoff so far has been zero i mean no one in the world has even seen what i'm working on except kind of you and i just briefly showed you on a phone like that's that's it and it's been like i don't get paid for this there's there's nothing no i can't even explain it to anyone because nobody knows what the hell i'm talking about and it's been so rewarding already with with no external incentive or reward, I'm like, man, if if for some reason this whole thing just collapsed where I could not work on it anymore and it just never even saw the light of day, I'd still be really happy that I spent this past year working on this thing because it's been so fun. And I've just gotten to pursue this stuff that I really like. So I started thinking, man, I that's like the best part of my day is those two hours first thing in the morning i'm drinking my coffee i'm set up in my favorite window at the favorite coffee shop and i'm just just working away at this thing and i'm thinking okay well okay separate separate thought line i kept going back to this uh interview that i watched between rich roll or on the rich roll podcast and courtney dewalter and i think i even brought this up on a past podcast Courtney DeWalter is is one of the best ultra runners ever. I mean, male, female, doesn't even matter. I mean, she's just, like, that good where there's these races that she's run. And ultra running is like, so a marathon is a long time, 26 miles. The, the story goes that the original marathon was run by somebody. I can't remember the details, but it was like some emergency where he had to run to relay a message that like the British are coming or something. It wasn't the British, but something like that. And he died, right? That's really long. And so we're like, okay, that's that's a marathon. As he's 26 miles, this dude had to run to go save the city. Ultra running is like 100 miles or 200 miles. It's ridiculous. It's insane. The, so Courtney DeWalter is talking about this run that she did where she went blind. She just, she lost the ability to see because apparently your body can get so inflamed that like your corneas, I don't know, warp or something where you, you can't see. And so she's running and she lost the ability to see. And she did not know that this was like, a potential side effect of the run and some reversible thing. She just had somebody guide her. She had somebody run in front of her for the, the rest of the race and just tell her which way the path was turning. And she just blindly ran the rest of this race because she's so hardcore that she just didn't even care that she went blind. I can't even wrap my mind around that. But she's doing this interview and rich is talking to her and asking her you know what what is going through your mind and even just the training these races you run they're so unbelievably grueling and she said i just 
I just think it is such a privilege to be able to do this. I am so grateful that I am able to go out there and run for 100 miles or 150 miles. And I'm like, holy crap. That's such a amazing way of thinking. Like she's doing something that is unbelievably painful. I, I don't know what it's like to run for 50 hours at a time or whatever. But she sees it as this amazing thing. That's just an absolute privilege to be able to do. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not doing anything even remotely painful. I'm just working on stuff. But it really is this amazing privilege to be able to do this. Like, to for me to be able to get up and sit in a cozy spot and work on this thing that I'm really interested in. And enjoy it and learn and feel like I'm, I'm you know, doing something interesting. That's an amazing privilege. And so I am trying to think about what I have with YouTube, which is I have a relationship with an audience of people that are, are interested in listening to me, try and explain things to them. Like we have this, you know, there's this two-way kind of thing there where I'm trying to teach them and they're giving me their attention and everything. And that's amazing. That's like such a a rare and wonderful thing. I mean, there's, yeah, there's lots of other YouTubers, but you know, not everybody gets a big audience that's willing to listen to them. And I think about working on the video that I did. I think I told you, I, I had really tried to prioritize making it feel good or at least better. So I, you know, went to the, this really nice, cozy local bar pub place and found a nice corner and just sat there and worked and, you know, had had a beer and just spent a couple hours doing the research and putting things together. And I just, it was such an enjoyable session of working on something. And I'm thinking, man, I have an opportunity here to, if I can get this going and I can really get in the right headspace, I could, I could be doing that daily or almost daily where I'm just sitting down trying to, I'm learning about new stuff and piecing it together and I get to decide what that ought to come out like and what I want to talk about and all the things that bug me about other people in the way they explain things. I get to do it the way I think it ought to be done. And of course, I'm going to hear people criticize me for my flaws, but still, it gets to be mine. And... Yep. I I was talking to, to you about this. You know, I've started trying to draw this stuff out on a on a tablet and so I can sort of illustrate things and I'm just I'm struck by how much I just don't know how to draw at all. And so I'm thinking, well, I should I need to learn how to draw. I don't need to be an oil painter or anything, but being able to do very basic things to illustrate things to people, like I need to learn how to draw. And so you had suggested a couple books. I went and got one of them. I picked up uh, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, which is apparently a very classic old drawing book. And I started uh, doing... Well, I don't know if I'd call it a classic well, It's like from the 70s book. or 80s, right? Yeah, but classic drawing book would be like... Okay, I guess drawing has been around for a while. Yeah, sure, okay. okay. 
it's not it's not from this year it's been around for whatever not the point the okay. book <laughs> i start on the book and i'm like man i don't know anything this book is clearly designed for people who have never drawn anything in their life or just you know have no real ability I'm like this is so fun i this is really cool i got a, a set of pencils i got a sketch pad i'm going through this book at the beginning and i'm sitting down doing a little exercise i'm like this is really cool i get to do this and it's yes. it's not just a random thing like there's even a purpose for it it has i mean of course doing things just for their own sake is great and i do that too but i'm just lucky to have a, another thing that says hey there's there's value in doing this like you can do this and you can feel really good that you're actually working towards something that has value and impact and everything like that's just such a cool thing so i'm starting to reflect on this and thinking there's so much opportunity here to really get personal satisfaction and and freedom and i get to pursue a bunch of stuff i get to learn a bunch of new things I get to sit down and work on things that are interesting to me and rewarding. And I'm very, very excited about that. And so thinking of it through that lens, it I start to think about the numbers, you know, watching things go up or go down and the, the whole like social media game. And that feels so vulgar compared mm -hmm. to what i know that i really want like that stuff it's starting to bother me that i'm even thinking about it I, not that it's bad right but like you said you, you if you can think about it objectively and try to understand what works and what doesn't and what what do people yeah. like like that is very important but i don't want the game part of it to get in the way of me being able to spend time on something that i find really rewarding like that's the thing that really matters that's what i really want I'm so excited to have an opportunity to do that. Uh, and so I just, I want to put all of that stuff in its own little box and say, I'm going to use this for what I, you know, I'm going to try to get the information that I need out of this. I want to know what works and what doesn't, but I am not going to let this be the thing that I'm after. I don't, yeah. I don't care if I get to X number of views a day again. I mean, I care, but it's not like, I want, I want well, that. I want to be able to sit down and just really feel good about it. You want to use the rules of the algorithm to help you achieve yes. what you want. You don't want to become a slave to the algorithm yeah. to give it what it wants. So, yeah. yeah. But, okay, so I was listening to this uh, master class by the Duffer Brothers, the guys who created Stranger Things. And they were talking about how back in the day, they were trying to write scripts and, you know, come up with movie and show ideas. And the the big cool thing back then was found footage, you know, like Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity yeah. and, and that kind of thing. And so they're like, okay, well, that's cool right now. We we got to write a found footage film. But they, they were saying that they never really cared that much about found footage and they didn't really understand it. So they kept trying to write this stuff, but it just wasn't working. And Nobody cared about it and they didn't enjoy the process, but they kept doing it because that was the popular thing to do. But, you know, over time they, they keep coming up with ideas and they finally found, you know, one out of their 20 ideas, or whatever. They, they kept coming back to this one idea of this, you know, girl with psychic abilities or this, you know, um, 
that, I don't know, government doing secret experiments and stuff like that. And they yeah. just, that was something they were interested in when they were growing up. And so they just kept gravitating to this idea. And then they start, you know, working on a little bit more and they start joining it with other ideas of all this other stuff they loved as a kid. And it just sort of grew into everything that they loved about, you know, their childhood and their, their lives. You know, they got Stephen King references and, and all kinds of, you know, the Goonies and whatever. You can count all kinds of references in the show, but it's a collection of all the stuff they loved. And they wrote it, what they call on spec. So they didn't get paid for anything. They didn't get paid for any of the writing of it. They, di they didn't know if anyone was actually going to, you know, buy the, the script or, or get them a TV show or whatever. But they wrote this whole thing because they loved the process, because the whole thing was just this, like, homage to their lives. And they just enjoyed, you know, writing it and working on it. I'm like, yeah, I relate to that. That's what's going on here is... I mean, it's a process like you keep weeding out the things that don't fit. You know, you keep trying this one thing and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to do it this way. And then you think, wait, no, it doesn't feel good. So I'm not supposed to do it that way. You rip it out and then yeah. all of a sudden you're, you're better for it and you enjoy the process more. So the Duffer brothers keep working on this thing and it's like, it's just them. And when they're done with it, they realize, oh, no one's doing anything like this because we listen to ourselves and not what was cool or what was yeah. going on in the moment. And, you know, it ends up being super original. Now, of course, there's no promise that people care at all what you put out, whether you enjoyed it or not. Right. But there's that idea of enjoying the process and like everything working in this cohesive like system where it all sort of ties back into the main line, like you learning art, makes sense now because it ties mm -hmm. back into your life like what matters right now whereas a couple of years ago maybe it didn't make sense and it sort of took you out of your main your main quest or your main path but now you get to plug these things in and enjoy them and i've just been feeling a lot of that recently like yeah. deciding to stop doing freelance and start working on this has been extremely challenging but so rewarding and it's just Everything I, not everything, I don't want to idealize the whole thing, but it really does feel like there's just this path of like only doing and choosing the things that I really like and really care about. Like I've set this world in, you know, in the 1920s because I always really like the 1920s or like certain aspects about it and I want to learn more about it. So I set the world in that time frame. And then the story is kind of based off of, you know, you know, childhood friends or whatever, and you just start like plugging in all these things that you think about anyway into the stuff that you're doing. And it just makes, I don't know, it that idea of just everything working together, choosing the things that feel good, not what you think should, not what you think are right. And that's what I'm learning with the whole process of painting itself is I had all these ideas of, of the type of artist I was supposed to be or what made me good or, or whatever. And I've realized that I'm so much better if I just do what feels really good. And instead of trying to choose things that I think are right, I choose things that work, like immediately work right in front of me. And then I build on that. And I, instead of looking up to artists that I wish I could be, I look to artists that I actually am similar to. And, and something about their work clicks with me. So I don't know that trying to learn what actually works for you and pay attention to that and weed out mm -hmm. the things that don't seem to speed things up quite a bit. Um, and it's just more fulfilling, I guess.
it's <laughs> it's funny how quickly uh some of these problems that you face you start to think about it and pretty quick you're like what's the point of my life <laughs> yeah it's just it's like a couple steps and then you're going what what should i do with me and and this whole life in front of me um yeah i don't know i don't have a lot to add i think that's really well said um that's kind of that's what youtube has led me to i did not really expect it but just uploading a video to youtube and revisiting my old channel was like hey what do i want out of life what do i want to spend my time doing no pretty quickly you just you start if you really think about the money the popularity it's like you said it it, it can feed into things but that, that, that can't be the point because it just isn't like it it's a it's a clicker game um, and so I've really started to reflect on that and I'm, I'm more excited than ever about the channel reboot, about trying to get myself comfortable and settled into working on these things that I think are really interesting. And some of this has coincided, uh, with me just feeling like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about in the past months or even years, really, of just the the very mundane daily habits of getting up at the same time every day about not using the phone i mean that my phone has been browser free since we talked about it for for many weeks now uh you know and i've just really been consistently iterating on that stuff of trying to get all this stuff in my day to kind of get streamlined and for me to be able to have the headspace to do different things building up all these tiny little habits that by themselves aren't that exciting, but they really add up. And so now I'm starting to feel like I'm really settling in to, to that, to having this routine that feels really good, where I'm, I'm hitting all these key things every day. If I'm doing the exercise that I want to do, I'm getting into the, the deep work mental state that I want to be in. I'm able to put time into my own projects. I'm able to put time into learning some new stuff, like for the YouTube thing. Like it, it just, it feels like a lot of this stuff is really clicking. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm more excited than ever about the YouTube project, not because it's, you know, this potential of lots of views and money and attention and things, but because it's like this big opportunity for me that I think is, could be really enjoyable. Let's end with that. Okay. <laughs>